Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Mooncast. Um, me and Tom are sitting in a car <laughs> in, the, in a pub car park. Not talking. Is, not, not doing anything weird. Not doing anything weird, I promise. Um, we were going to record this in the pub that we met at, but they got some loud music on so it wouldn't really have worked. So we, we were treated to the car to record the podcast and then we're going to go and have another drink, I think, after that. Mm-hmm. Sounds um, good. So on this one, we're talking about the two new... Um, troop boxes that are currently under pre-order, which is the uh, you have to know what they're called. Outlanders, Outlanders, for which the gnomes, is the three gnomes, and blood magic, blood magic for the fairies. So we're going to talk through relatively briefly, talk through the cards of each um, new character and model. Uh, I'm probably talking about the models as well, actually. Yeah. Um, and then talk a bit about how we'd use them in games. Um, and we'll just kind of, it'll, as with most of the podcasts, it'll probably be fairly organic and we'll just kind of go as we see fit, really. <laughs> um, I never particularly have much of a plan for these and I don't intend to start writing them <laughs> <laughs> because I like just having a chat. Um, so we'll start with the Blood Magic, mainly because I have a massive hard on for Dana and that's what we'll start with. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I have from the beginning, as anyone who's listened to any of these podcasts or seen any of my battle reports will know, I absolutely love Diana. Um, so we'll start with Diana, actually. She is the queen, so why not start with her? Um, I feel like we should. Um, so she's, for anyone who obviously backed the original Kickstarter or has bought her since, she's actually a bit more of an established character than the other two in the troop box. So she's the, she's the only fairy noble at the moment. She's the only fairy noble, yeah. 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 So she's got melee four, range one, arcane four, and, and as with all fairies, minus two of aid. And as with all fairies, she's got weakling. He's got an enchanted dagger, so all her melee damage is magical, um, which is actually pretty good, I think. I think it's, it's a little twist for some characters that I think is really useful. Um, but really, she's all about the next three parts of her card, I feel. Um, she's got an ability called For the Good of the Glades. So if this character uses an arcane ability, before drawing the arcane card, she can inflict one wound on up to three fair, friendly fairies within six inches, and for each wound, draws an additional two cards. I've only ever done one wound using that I've never two oh god people. oh I have uh, yeah, in, I've never done recent, it on one recent game I desperately needed to kill one person just to, to secure the game for me and I I put th- a wound on her and basically I got the extra six cards <laughs> for horrifying visions and then did it again did another, <laughs> oh, did, another, did another three wounds to three fairies to get a second horrifying visions off on ten cards each and made sure that person was definitely, super dead definitely dead yeah okay fair enough I don't think I've ever been that desperate to be fair <laughs> well I won the game but I had to kill this one person so yeah it's pretty powerful because she's only arcane four which is actually quite low for the current set of fairies that are out most of them are higher um and then she's got some absolutely brutal offensive abilities um feed on fear is her first one cost one range six inches as with most fairy spells once per turn Target loses X energy, then distribute that much energy amongst fairies within six inches. So um, it's a really good way of absolutely stripping a character of some energy. It's particularly brutal against like humans and yeah. gnomes who don't have a lot of energy. Giants. And giants, yeah. Well, put against giants because they're also really easy to hit with it as yeah. well. So she's drawing six cards against Gotchka, taking all his energy, so mm-hmm. he's a bit useless, really. Um, oh, and trolls, of course, as well, I suppose. Um, and then her damaging spell, which is Horrifying Visions, costs two, six inches again. Um, target suffers X plus one magical damage. So, as Tom's just mentioned, with, with Good of the Glade, 
and particularly against targeting humans that are basically you're usually evade zero or plus one, she can easily be drawing seven cards as and minimum. That's the good thing about Good of the Glade, even if you're trying to target someone with a negative evade stat, you can easily get round it. Yeah, and get back up to four or six even. Um, and then she's six health, only four energy, which is a bit low for a fairy, but I think that's probably a fair reason for that, because yeah. you know how much she can do. Um, and her signature move is on Sweeping Cut, um, called Dance with Death. Um, does the same amount of damage, I think, as a normal Sweeping Cut, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Two exactly against Falling Swing, two against Wears and Attack. In fact, it's got the same stat line as it a normal, is, yeah, normal, exactly. fo- normal Sweeping Cut. Just the end step. But um, the end step is, if this character was alive, it may move two inches if it's slain. Enemy suffers two wounds, so it's a way of um, sort of basically getting a bit of revenge on someone if you can. She, she did used to have a much more powerful signature move, but because all of the characters in Moonstone are designed to be balanced, and she's got those really awesome spells, it, I had to knock it back. So her signature move isn't one of the strongest in the game, but it's just got a bit of a spiteful twist. Yeah. You know, you can either use it defensively to get away or, or punish someone when they attack you. Yeah, and because it's two wounds, it gets to any kind of it does, wound, yeah. doesn't it? So, um... There's a few things I'd say about Diana. She's, um, a lot of people have been playing her because her rules are in the in the rule book, even yeah. though she's kind of a book two character because she was a free model in the Kickstarter. I included her rules in the rule book. And she's um, managed to survive a couple of years out in the world without feeling any need to adjust yeah, her balance think, she's yeah she's i mean because if you if you take her by herself she's actually quite weak in terms of she'll in, die quickly in certain ways she's got less energy than the rest of the fairies a fairly rubbish signature move not that impressive st- stats but well melee she's... four is still pretty good fairies yeah. tend to have quite high melee stats um but what i would say and you will agree with me i'm sure is she can be the absolute centerpiece of a fairy list and particularly with gotcha which is why i always take yeah. with her because one of the things with fairies is they most of the fairies and particularly this uh, dps damage per second list they can they can put out a huge amount of damage but once they've used that energy they're incredibly vulnerable to being yeah. attacked back so most of the fairies want to go as late in the turn as possible um, and only if they're safe and they've still got the energy left, then use it all for all their spells. What the Diana and Gotchgut combo allows you to do is have two activations at the start of the turn. Diana activates first of all, before anyone else, and steals the energy off yeah. the person who's most likely to do something threatening to you that turn, then distributes it to whatever fairy you need to get the action done that turn. And then your second activation is Gotchka, and he's reasonably tough. And the reason why you do this is because of Gotchka's bodyguard, meaning yeah. that Diana, even if somebody runs up and attacks her, she just transfers all the wounds onto Gotchka. And yeah. it gives you those... And she, and she, she can just play, with, with a melee of four, she'll have more cards than Gotchka would in combat. Yeah. And just play super defensive. Yeah, exactly. And it just gives you... It gives you that, um, basically, a bunch of energy stealing and two safe activations, which is incredibly yeah. useful for fairies. And she'll probably put one of the energies back on herself uh, yeah. in order to cast Horrifying Visions twice. And any bonus energy that you manage to steal, yeah. you can distribute off to other fairies, you know, like Foxglove coming up in a second, who will benefit from having that extra energy because it allows yeah. him to do his damaging spell twice. Yeah. So she's, she's pretty fundamental, I'd say. 
Yeah, I think so. When like um, she's, I found it hard to not use her in a fairy list. Um, I think pretty much since I got the fairies and her from the Kickstarter, she's been in my fairy lists. Um, I do think she struggles a little bit without Gotchka. I've used her without Gotchka and she's done fine. Um, but certainly with Gotchka, you've got that reliability just being able to put her a bit of a bit more set front, I, and front and center i've used her a lot without gotchka because i quite like using boulder in my fairy yeah. list and i put boulder front and center but in that list diana doesn't have the luxury of always being able to activate first and caning off all of her energy which she yeah. does with gotchka nearby so yeah um so next up is foxglove um who's a fairy rogue wizard Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I keep saying she, you have to correct me, because it's definitely a bloke. That's a bloke, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying she for ages. Um, it's hard when, when there wasn't artwork. Now there's artwork. Yes, there wasn't artwork. Well, the, now there's a sculpt. Yes, there is, there is now. Um, he's melee three, range one, arcane three. He's got a low arcane for fairies, but you'll see why in a second he's got such a low arcane for fairies. And the usual minus two, the usual weakling. Um, he's then got trickster. Same as Freya. So when it's successful, that's been altered since the uh, original um, Freya. When this model successfully bluffs, after resolving the effect, you may reveal the bluff and gain three energy. So you can't immediately play the ability again, um, and it's once per turn. But actually, gaining three energy is absolutely brutal. So um, you basically can play the ability again. Then he's got Shelter of the Shadow Glade. Target gains protection. Protection being that the first time this character would suffer damage, they reduce it to, to nothing. Catastrophe to suffer two wounds. And then he's got Atrophy, which is just about one of the scariest abilities in the game. Mm-hmm. To, be, to be hit by. Turk Magical, same as the Fire Spitter. Um, cost three. It's a bit more expensive than the Fire Spitters. And shorter range. And shorter range. But it's on a fairy that can move four mm-hmm. inches. And, and he's got a lower arcane. So there's a few disadvantages over the fire spitter, but in in reality, it's it's proper terrifying. He's got And the catastrophe isn't as bad. Yeah. He's got five energy, so you can only cast it once ordinarily. But remember what I was saying a second ago, Diana's first action is almost always going to be feed on fear. He's an excellent target to put that extra energy on. Yeah. Which allows him to do it twice. Two lots of 2x magical is really frightening. Then if he bluffs someone of them... Which is the really scary thing. If he gets then he up. gets plus three also... energy, allowing him to do it three times. Yeah. So he, this whole idea... One of the things I wanted to introduce with this new box set with the fairies is more damage output, magical damage output particularly. Yeah. And he's the main artillery piece, really, of the new... Uh, yeah, and DGS with list. with him, I mean, Trickster on Freya is pretty good because she can do um, fizzle pop, fizzle pop up, up, four up to four times things like yeah. that, which I did do in the tournament <laughs> yeah. against um, Clem. I did it like four times and killed Fritz, I think. But it's particularly scary with Foxglove because if you think, oh god, if I call a bluff and he's not bluffing, you can really play it anyway. Yeah. But if I don't call bluff and he is bluffing, he can do it again anyway. It's absolutely terrifying being on the on the end of that, thinking whether I call bluff or not. It is. I've come a I've come a cropper a few times playing this list because I've really wanted to bluff. Yeah. <laughs> and I've bluffed and been caught out, and then you know the fairies when they do get caught bluffing, it's not like a gnome 
gun line list where you can safely do it you're yeah. if you do get caught bluffing you are going to suffer those wounds and when yeah. you when you're a fairy with your health line that means two extra two less energy the following yeah. turn and so a, th- a third of your health gone as well so it is risk reward you know he has to activate late in the turn if he's going to try and blast off all these spells yeah and if he's going to um, try and kill someone um, which you could do casting it twice you should be able to and if he does get through. caught bluffing it's it can be bad yeah but yeah horrendous damage output from that model if if things go your way yeah um so then signature is on low guard it's called mirror of mischief um it does no damage at all well actually that's a complete lie i said that so on the card against all the damage output it's got a question mark all the way down for all the different um melee cards and then the not end step effect but it says when played choose a fairy or rogue within six inches this becomes a copy of that character's signature move. Um, it is still considered a low guard when calculating your opponent's damage dealt to you. If there is no fairy or rogue within six inches, then this deal card deals no damage at all. Same as basically a normal low guard. Yeah. Um, but without the follow-up, but you wouldn't. You just leave it as a normal low guard if you yeah. didn't have a friendly fairy or rogue within yeah. six inches. Um, so that's really interesting. I don't know if I've ever really used it. I don't think it's in all the games I've played, it's possible they've got to combat. I'm but... keeping the hell away from combat normally. Yeah, but yeah. I think there are tons of things you can do with it, but I've always played it opportunistically, and I've mm. tended to look around, see if anyone's got can't hit me. Yeah. Within six inches, because that's one of the best ones that you can choose. It... Yeah, because, yeah, so yeah, if Tito or Freya in, they, yeah, if they were six inches, then that's an easy one, just not suffering any damage at all. Um, I'm trying to think of the other row. You've got. You've got threats and promises from Silvertongue could be quite fun. Yeah, well, it's fairy all rogue, so so um, you can do the fences, needle point, or wasps uh, diving <laughs> attack. <laughs> <That's> uh, <pretty. laughs> oh god! Or yeah. you know, a rogue. You could do the hamstring from Murado. Yeah. Um, so there's it's lots of options. If he's surrounded the by just, fairies, thing is it it's says choose versatile. a fairy or rogue. It doesn't say a friendly fairy or rogue. No, yeah. So if Natty's close by, yeah, on the, as the opponent, yeah, you can nick her moonstone off her. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> Go into combat with her, yeah. with the intention of doing it, and nick her moonstone off her. <laughs> yeah, that's that's brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's an interesting one with Foxglove. Um, again, like I said, like I said, you, you're generally speaking being avoiding combat, but it's only an inter- It's only very unique for a start. No one's got a signature move like that, have they? Um, so that's quite an interesting one. Do you know how it came about? I was uh, playtesting her and I hadn't... Uh, him. Oh, he's <laughs> I, it now. I was playtesting him and I hadn't come up with a signature move yet. And uh, I was playing against Adam Caldicott and he he got him into melee. And I said, I'll oh, just pick one of the other signature moves from <laughs> one of the other characters and that can be a signature move. And then he went, actually, that would be a really good signature move <laughs> yeah, if that's yeah. how it works. Yeah, yeah. So that's how that came about. Yeah, it's cool. No, it, is, it is a cool move. So, uh, the last one in the box... Oh, I was just going to say, there's the one ability that we didn't talk about that much, Shelter of the Shadow Glade. Yeah, I mentioned it, but yeah, yeah, do you want to talk about it It's very... Well, only to say that it's very situational, but sometimes, once in a blue moon, it will win you the game. You know, there's someone with a moonstone, it's turn four, and you need to keep that person alive because they've got two moonstones, and you change up your plan and you just protect them. And it it can be useful, but I don't tend to use it Have you protection before with other... Have you protection before... Um, it's quite useful in three-player games because you end up yeah. so close to people. Yeah. So, like, if Diana, for example, has got, got a bit too close, you think, oh, God, she's going to get hit by brutal stuff in a second. 
you do that and think, yeah, now you've got to at least spend some energy just to get rid of protection. And all the stuff we were saying about um, atrophy uh, is is the same. If you put one extra energy on him with Diana and you bluff once, you can put yeah. protection on three different models. Yeah. It can, can in theory, be very effective. Like, yeah. I personally don't use it that often. I, no. I like to leave him as late as but, possible in the turn, in which case the protection yeah. is not worth but, but using. There's times when you might find that, for example, he's not. you know he's not going to... Like, if he's got... A moonstone and therefore isn't going to be able to move very far and isn't going to be able to cast atrophy. But which I've done with him before, I've had games where he's collected some of the moonstones and just sat at the back. And actually, I've, got, I've got, come to I've come like maybe threat into the game and I've realised I'm not going to get atrophy off this game this turn, mm. but I can stop two of my characters dying. <laughs> and, I've, and I've used protection instead mm. because it's just actually he's safe because he's behind a lot of people and they're not going to get to me. But I can also make some more, more of my other characters safe. Yeah. So, it can be useful in those situations if you're using them in a bit in a different way. So the last one in the box is Belladonna. Um, do you want me to do it? Yeah, you can do Belladonna. So she's melee four, which is high for most characters, but for fairies it's pretty normal. They tend to have quite good melee stats. Um, they're skillful in melee, if not particularly strong. Yeah. Uh, range one, standard for a fairy, arcane three. The the two new fairies in this box, along with Diana, they've actually got quite low arcanes compared to most yeah, of the fairies, say, yeah. which is the compensation for the fact that they've got very powerful spells. Yeah. And yeah, we'll get to what hers. Amazon has got particularly horrifying spells. Uh, evade two, as always, for a fairy. Weakling, as always. So Fairy Tricks is her first ability, and this one is loads of fun, and it, it gives is absolutely loads, hilarious. Loads and loads of variety to the play. Um, says swap places with target friendly rogue. Now a lot of the fairies are rogues. Yeah. Um, Diana isn't, but Foxglove that comes in this box with it is. Yeah. The Fencer is. Silver Tongue is. is. Um, who else? I think almost every. There's definitely another one. Silver Tongue, Foxglove, Belladonna. Wasp isn't. Uh, Can't remember now, yeah. No. Not Butterfingers, uh, not Freya. No, okay, maybe it's wasp. just those. It's just but, that, but then you've also got Muradai. Yeah. And Muradai's great with Foxglove and... Because um, Muradai we'll talk about in a second because he's in the other troop box, the yeah. Outlander's box. He's a gnome, but he's dual faction. And he's a rogue, and he gives plus one arcane out. So he's yeah. very good actually with Fox Love and Belladonna because yeah. they've got their low arcane and their super powerful spells. So having that plus one arcane from him is great, and it's just another option that you can swap. And I quite like uh, using Muradai uh, with fairy tricks because if somebody threatens Belladonna and gets really close to her and gets in base contact with her, um, it's nice to chuck a gnome in there because gnomes are a lot more durable. Yeah. Um, so he's good in that way as well. He's also better in melee because he's got a dagger, isn't he? He's got he's got a dagger and and he can steal people's moonstones. Yeah, yeah. Well, we won't go too much on him because no, we're going to we'll do him in a second. Him, but yeah. anyway, suffice to say, he plays quite nicely with uh, Belladonna. Um, so uh, you know, another trick I like to do with fairy tricks is run Belladonna forward, then swap places with. Um, the fencer, and then you've propelled the fencer really far into the backfield. Um, Which is horrific because the fencer is really horrible yeah. in combat. And, and another cool thing you can do with fairy tricks is through a series of swapping because you can do it twice. So you can swap the fence, you can swap Belladonna for someone, and then swap her for someone else. <laughs> so you can move her really far. 
if you're really clever, and this is where playing with fairies is quite difficult and you need to be really clever and think all your moves ahead, but if you're that kind of person that can plan all your moves ahead, you can transfer moonstones from the middle of the board to the back of the board yeah. through a series of fairy tricks moves and then just walk that person that's holding the moonstones off the board so that they're safe. Yeah. So it's it's an amazing ability if you like to, you know, think things through like that. It's it's also quite pivotal to one of the new scenarios. Um the Stone Circle scenario. Mm. Which will come out, but we'll talk we won't talk about that too much now. But she can go in there, grab the one moonstone there is, and then swap places with someone. Yeah. Um But yeah, anyway, with the rest of her cards. So Acid Flask, uh, it costs three energy. It's uh, and you'll notice a lot of the fairies just need that one more energy from Diana yeah. to do these things twice. Um, target suffers X plus one magical. It's not the best. X plus one magical is still good, but it's only got a four inch range, um, so she's not going to be able to use it tremendously often more often what's going to happen is when someone is engaging you in melee you instead of melee fighting back you'll throw acid in their face yeah which uh, is just horrible thought yeah. jack, jack says it's one that is it's the only beauty that he just hates talking about yeah it's it really horrible yeah oh well the fairies are the dark part of moonstone um and then this is the real fun one um, it is. <laughs> drop of Nightshade costs three energy and it's got a one inch range, so you have to be really ballsy and get stuck in with yeah. her. And maybe Which very is, again works well afterwards. with Phoenix. She, she can jump up, yeah. and then do it on yeah. someone. That's and right. If, and yeah. if she's gained yeah. the energy, she can jump up, do it on someone, and then jump back again. Yeah. If she's gained enough, I think you have to gain. Oh no, you, two you extra. Have to gain two it's extra. possible. But, I mean, Diana can do it. Yeah. She can easily hand out she two energy. It, she if can you, give her two. Yeah. Planning this move. So, uh, Drop of Nightshade is one of these abilities like uh, Agatha's that works on every card and has a variety of weird effects. So, if you pull a green card, the, t the enemy loses X energy. If you pull a blue card, the enemy suffers X wounds. And this is the fun one. Is the fun if one, you yeah. pull a pink card, the enemy is moved... You get to move the enemy 2X inches... And then you may have them make a melee attack controlled by you. So it's yeah. similar to Silvertongue's ability in that um, you, you know, Silvertongue often makes people do melee attacks, yeah. not always, but he often does. This is only melee attacks, but you get to move them first. Yeah, so you get so to run up to so someone. Because so, so obviously with Silvertongue, people can just position their characters yeah. far enough away that it doesn't affect them. I used this in a game after we're doing rogues against against the witches and the cursed and I managed to move Zoya to go and attack Antonia oh <laughs> savage actually the, the melee actually didn't go that well but it was a really horrible thought yeah just because the card didn't, didn't work out but it was just like and also it, just, I mean, it meant I moved her I think I think I got a, I think I got a pink three yeah and I, I just moved I just moved her six inches away and then, then suddenly she couldn't get anywhere yeah it's it's that's a really fun ability, yeah. and having her and Silvertongue in the same list, and they're both rogues, which so they play really nicely yeah, together. Yeah. Having mind control and drop of nightshades, so you're constantly making the enemy attack themselves. Is hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. And then you've got the catastrophe, which is also oh. just absolutely horrific, but so hilarious. Target. So the target and this character are both slain. <laughs> so. Firstly, it's quite a deterrent. People often won't want to call the catastrophe because if they do, 
they well they wouldn't want to swap it with the catastrophe. Yeah, yes, yeah, they you wouldn't swap the catastrophe. So that means they have to they choose, have one, to the other choose one. one of the other ones and they're all yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, they're so, all bad. So sometimes you can get away with a free bluff with her if you're feeling particularly brave or you can just use her as a suicide bomber. She's yeah. a really horrible character. <laughs> She's real. Jack used to really horribly as a suicide bomber because he he ba- I don't know how much, I think he think he did Fairy tricks first got behind my characters and got in contact with Daniel, who was carrying two moonstones and just murdered him with that. Oh yeah! <laughs> so I dropped two moonstones I mean, and a character that buffs everyone. You need like... to be reasonably lucky with Arcane Three. There's only three yeah. catastrophes. So it's a one in seven chance that each card you draw is a catastrophe. So yeah. you've got I don't know maybe like a something like a one in three or something like that or fifty fifty yeah. chance worse the, than fifty fifty. The thing with it, this ability but... is no matter what card you draw. And no matter what card they change it to, something bad's still going to happen. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. outcome is still good for you, isn't it? Yeah. And when the catastrophe, obviously, is bad for you, you still lose Belladonna, but they have to lose character too. Yeah. Um, and if you've been using Belladonna as an as cause, as a good for the Glade uh, energy bank, you might get yeah. down to one energy and think, oh, how does that? Energy. How does that work? The target just come to my head just now. How does that work with Shabaroon's... Goblin luck. Uh-huh. So, you will notice... Good. I'm glad you asked. Because <laughs> this came up in playtesting. You'll notice that every ability says target enemy loses X, target enemy suffers X wounds, target enemy is moved two inches. And then the catastrophe says the target and this character are both slain. So, Shabaroon's ability says the target must be a legal target. Right. Which means that the target and her, the target has to be an enemy. Right. So, if Shabaroon uses his goblin luck, which he can do to make her suffer a catastrophe, she is gonna be slain, but she can but she can only do it if there's an enemy within one inch who is also slain. Right. So so Shabaroon can only trigger that catastrophe if he's willing to kill one of his own goblins. Yeah. Who happens to already be within one inch of her. Yeah. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah no, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. The target has to be yeah. the target has to be within an inch. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. That's yeah, just a quad to my head, so yeah. I can see that being a question people would ask. But, yeah, um, it came up in like the very first time I played. I think, I I think like, we discussed it. Oh, okay. I think we discussed it before. Yeah. That and means... I couldn't remember what what your and response was. My, so. my clever response was to make sure that I put target enemy in each because yeah, yeah. normally they, you know, in the way the card first was, it didn't say enemy; it just says yeah. target loses because you know that's normally the templating. But yeah. I added the word enemy so that the catastrophe only works if there is an enemy. Yeah. yeah. So what's yeah. our signature then? Her signature is Drop of Delirium, so it's it's a typical defensive fairy uh, signature move, to be honest. It's on a high guard, it does no damage. Uh, you get to move the enemy two inches, then it loses one energy and suffers one wound. Right. So, so it's, a good def- it's a really good defensive. It's, good, it's a good defensive ability. The two inches will almost always get them out of melee with you, and you get a bonus. Because if she's also got energy, she's going to step away one as well. So. Yeah, and you make them lose one wound, which probably won't make a difference, but you never know, it might. And you make them lose one energy, which for low-energy troops like like a lot of Commonwealth, you know, that means yeah. they're probably not going to be hitting you again. Because it's on a high guard, she's already going to be suffering less damage anyway. Yeah, and she's so. melee four, so she's got a good chance of pulling it off. Mm. But she needs it in a way more than most because her drop of nightshade, uh, with its one inch range, means she she kind of needs and, and to get up close to people. And that's a four inch range yeah. as well. So, so she's going to be up close to people a lot, and she's either got to fairy tricks herself away to safety, or rely on this drop of delirium to keep yeah. pushing enemies away. She's got the standard six health, hasn't she, of a of a fairy? Yeah. Yeah. 
she, she's interesting because all her energy is on the bottom five, so she can afford to suffer a couple of wounds before she starts losing a lot of energy, whereas yeah. Foxglove, his top two energy are on top yeah. two health. So. And it's also the fact that her numbers, her top end, her top health doesn't have an energy in it makes her a good target for good of the glade as well yeah because if you want an extra two cards but you don't want to suffer a minus one energy going into the next turn she's a good one to put it on it's quite good so come to my head if diana does for the good of the glade yeah that's on herself yeah can she transfer that wound to gotchka no because so... gotchka um you, if if she suffers damage, Gotchka yeah, takes the damage wound. instead. Yeah. Okay, cool. So she can't transfer wounds. Because it's a wound, not damage. Yeah. Cool. But then actually, but she's also quite a good, good candidate for, for herself anyway, again, for the same reason. It, yeah. I, I use Good of the Glade regularly, to be honest. I, I, um, I use it from... Unless, unless I'm targeting, like, a giant and I'm already getting... Yeah, then team. I don't bother. Um, but I know I, I, I usually use it as well. But if I'm well. targeting goblins, I almost always... Mm. First thing I'll do is stick one on her. Um, and then I'll stick someone on someone else if I'm planning yeah. on healing them later on that turn anyway. Yeah. Cool. Ooh, that's uh, that's blood magic. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about the, the troop box as a whole? I mean, two of them are rogues, and there's a there's a really fun build with the Dominion rogues, which are mainly yeah. fairies, and then well, all fairies and then Muradai. Yeah. I mean, there um, is obviously um, Claudia Deville, who's a rogue as well, yeah. and, but I. I don't think she adds a huge amount of synergy. I think the, the whereas Muradai does. Yeah, he does, and the, all the fairies work really nicely together. Yeah, and the other list is the one that I mentioned: the fairy DPS, DPS yeah. the the super high damaging magical attack blast you to bits. Yeah, you know, with even Freya can spit out tons of damage. Yeah, the new Butterfingers with his arcane of five and um, Fizzlepop. Fizzlepop. You know. It, it can you don't want to churn... get within six inches of that. No, <laughs> that it can churn out a crazy amount of damage. And where it gets really, really good is when you have Herbert Growbottom in there because he also has a magical damaging attack. Um, but more importantly, he can create wooded patches. Yeah. So you hurl a bunch of wooded patches um, sort of in front of your deployment zone, between the deployment zone and the main action area. And then all of your fairies who spit out all these tons of damage sit in the woods. Yeah. And then they just sit in those woods blasting the crap out of anyone <laughs> who comes into the moonstone area. And if people try and attack them, they can retreat back through the woods to safety. Yeah, yeah. So that is that's a fantastic list. And also he's quite good at actually collecting the moonstones for you. Yeah, yeah. He's not weakling, so. Yeah. Um, and also with more, with you know, you've already got fairy tricks where you can be swapping all around but he's got that movement shenanigan of he jumping through the woods and that's not including any woods that are already on the board yeah so so that's probably one of my favourite lists actually. the only one they'd suffer the against would be Joanna because it would all be yeah. in the woods yeah. <laughs> she'd be like yeah. ah <laughs> yeah definitely but Gotchka but, but there, 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 there always needs to be a combat for each yeah and there is there, thank so. god um, but Gotchka um, Diana um, Foxglove Freya, Butterfingers, and Herbert Growbottom is a a wonderful list and a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Right, let's move on to the gnomes because we talked about them for 50 minutes longer than I expected, <laughs> which is fine because it's all good. So the next one is the Outlanders box, um, which is gnomes. Um, so that's got Joanna, 
Muradai and Nike. Obviously, we talked about Muradai a little bit, but we'll go through him anyway. I'll let you talk about Joanna. I will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Joanna's obviously quite close to my heart because yeah. um, my girlfriend is called Joanna. And one night when we were quite drunk, she asked if she could be made into a character for Moonstone. And I was like, yeah, sure. What do you, <laughs> what do you want your character to be like? I was like, I want to be a princess. Fine. <laughs> I want to be a badass. Sure. <laughs> I want to have a squirrel. Yes, you can have a squirrel. <laughs> you know, and it, it, you know, basically she, she invented all of the, yeah. you know, the abilities and things. And she is Swedish. So that's where the Nordic, Nordic princess re- references yeah, yeah. come from. She's but cool, I, though. I love I, the model for her as well. And it, the model is, Based a bit on Joanna, it does look a bit like it, it is. It? So, yeah, she had those blonde plaits at the time, and yeah. um, we, we we didn't talk about the models for the other thing. But maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to the models at the end. So yeah, I'll let you go through a card and everything. So cool. So um, mellow five, which is the highest of any gnome. Yep. Um, range two, the only gnome with rain, mellow range yeah, two. Yeah. So you can see already that she's got some good things going for her in mellow. Arcane three, uh, an evade. Zero, fairly standard. Uh, her glaive, um, if this character deals slicing or piercing damage, increase it by plus one. Because basically she's holding like a spear, but it's got a blade at each end, isn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. So, Yeah, it's like a double-ended glaive. Again, one of the real Joanna's re- <laughs> requests. It's like, what weapon do you want? I want a spear with a sword on both ends. <laughs> I was like, fine. How <laughs> <laughs> look cool, to be fair. So, one nice one. Yeah. I, I actually always wanted a gnome princess, but I kind of imagined, I don't know, a damsel in distress. And then when she described this version, I was like, that's so much better. That's yeah, yeah. what we're doing. So, um, her Elskling ability, um, which is... This is a bit slushy. It's Swedish for darling. That's what it means. Oh, right, okay. Or loved one. It oh, means right. loved one. So um, she um, is a lot like Mama Gimbal's ability. So basically when she's clustered around gnomes, or in this case animals, because she's got this whole forest friends yeah, yeah. theme, uh, you reduce the damage um, for every friendly gnome or animal within four inches. Uh, up to a maximum of minus three. So it's not good, because Mama Gimbal's got no maximum. no maximum, yeah. So hers is slightly bigger range, but it's got a maximum on it, and Mama Gimbal's is only gnomes, and hers is gnomes and animals, but they're very similar. I think it works works like that, so... One of the cool things you can do with hers, because it includes animals, is you can use bunnies. (laughs) Just summon a load of bunnies around. Summon a load of bunnies and give her an escort of bunnies, and that is... (laughs) Awesome. Which is <laughs> just hilarious. Because normally, and I'm jumping around a bit, Joanna, you might think so far, is better than uh, Young Jack, you might think. Because she's got an extra melee, an extra melee range, better armour, slightly less damage, but you'd be thinking, freaking good. Um, but the problem with her is, whereas Young Jack is kind of free with his ancestral shield to go running off murdering people, yeah, yeah. she really does need to have people around her. She can't yeah. afford to go but running also off. Jack, Jack can benefit from Quarrel's brothers in arms where she can't. Yeah. So he can have his arc, he can have his melee easily boosted. So I think, anyway, they're, I think they're about um, on a par. Yeah. Um, they've fact, both got the, pros and quite cons. brutal together. They are. <laughs> and they're both noble, so you can stick Gotchka or Brunhilde yeah. in with them, and that's that's nice as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the art for Brunhilde, but she's yeah, got yeah. kind of a Viking kind she of She has, yeah. I think she's got a couple of well. Joanna, Joanna, wouldn't she? Yeah. Um, so Pixie Elf Elixir, again, is similar to Jack's Magic Brew. 
she's got more potential to gain energy. So it costs two energy, so it's a gamble, because she's only got three, and you're spending two on this ability, so it's a real gamble. Yeah. Um, with, with only an arcane of three, you see. Yeah. But if you have Mama Gimbal nearby, just Gimble like Jack, four, yeah. it starts to tip the balance to become economically viable to do yeah. it. If Mama Gimbal isn't nearby, it's a bit of a Hail Mary. You might get yeah. loads of energy, or you might end up with just one left. Yeah, and, yeah. But basically, on a blue card, this character gains X plus one energy. So if you get at least a blue card, you get your energy back. Yeah. If you get a blue two or a blue three, you're in positive. So it's also good um, if Jack's been previously... Yes, and manipulated the deck Jack for you, the deck and for they you. haven't then used it. You know that there's a blue there, yeah, or you know there's not a blue there. If you <laughs> wouldn't do it, but yeah, but it's a, sometimes it's a frustrating ability because you can sometimes get loads of energy on it. Let's say you pull a blue three, and the opponent yeah. calls a bluff, and then you've got a blue one as well. Then you've ended up adding what's that four energy, and then you've ended up six energy. So she could get up to seven energy, right? It's happened to me a few, yeah. quite a few times. But you can't go turboing off into the distance, murdering people, because she loses her Yeah, but you can do a lot of Revenge of the Forest Friends, which is next. You can. You can do lots of Revenge of the Forest (laughs) Friends. So she's also got a very... Like a lot of gnomes, gnomes tend to have long-ranged attacks, and they need it because they have to clump up. So Revenge of the Forest Friends, this attack is not modified by cover. It's got an 18-inch range, and it costs two energy. Um, On a pink... Uh, target within three inches of a tree or wooded patch terrain suffers X magical damage. So it's only X magical damage. Sometimes I think people worry too much about this. However, if you're that pre-mentioned fairy list and you're all in forests, you're yeah. all targets for it. And fairies do have to worry about X damage a lot. They do, yeah. Because you know, even can, one for a lot of them is, 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 is losing an energy pick at the top. So I think I think it's. Generally, not much to worry about for most troops, but for that, it's also good for targeting people like uh, Shabaroon, who often sits at the back, yeah, and just him losing that bit of energy, especially later on the turn when he probably can't heal himself. Him losing that bit of energy makes him suddenly a lot worse, yeah, Um, because it's got an 18 inch range, isn't it? So, it's most of your most of the board. board. And the other thing we haven't mentioned yet, we'll, we'll probably get to it in a bit, but Loki. Um, can create wooded patches yeah. and he can sling them quite far so if there's no wooded patches on your board or you just particularly want to get at someone you can always use Loki to sling a wooded patch yeah. up the board and then get them with it but yeah, they go well together they're not, they're not it's not as frightening an ability as as people sometimes think for yeah. the Revenge of the Forest Friends also um, on a catastrophe target gains protection so it's yeah. the same as the protection on Foxglove but it, you might accidentally give protection to yeah. an enemy, you know, Which the squirrels again, and things. If, you, if you're activating late on in the turn, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you kind of go to well, I don't really care because you can have it because I'm not going to target you anyway. Particularly if you're targeting someone right at the back, you wouldn't be targeting necessarily. Yeah, you just go actually. I, I can afford to just bluff this if I haven't got it because I don't care if you get protection. I'm not going to target you again anyway. The so. other thing you can do with it, because just like protection goes in the yeah, end of the turn. Yeah, just like so many of these abilities and and people maybe are starting to cotton on to the fact that you can play catastrophes deliberately. Yeah. You can put a protection on your own people. Yeah. If you want. If you get yeah. lucky with the cards. So if, if young Jack has gone up a little bit and actually you yeah. quite vulnerable, suddenly you just go... Oh, he's near friends. a forest. He's near the woods. I can get, I'll give it a go because there's nothing else I can do. I might as well see if I can give him exactly. protection. So, so it's, it's an option to bear in the bucky mind. And then the signature move, uh, Valkyrie Cyclone... 
basically it's a sweeping cut. It's very similar to Fritz's yeah. um, corn cutter. The damage profile is a bit better, but she only does plus one to slicing, whereas he, plus three, whereas he does plus three. So it's not a great signature move, I wouldn't say, to be honest. It's all right. The thing is, the reason why it's not that great is in order for it to be good, because it's a pulse effect, she needs to be surrounded by enemies. But she's not the kind of person that can just go running straight into a mass of enemies like Fritz yeah, can. She needs to be within. She needs to be. So it only really gets useful in very specific situations because she needs gnomes and animals nearby um, to give her her armor, but not so close that she's going to catch them in yeah. the cyclone. It's a. It's nowhere near as good as Jack's signature move. Basically, yeah. it's one of one of the reasons why I still think that Jack has a place as well. Yeah. Cool. So next one, I'll, I'll do the next one, shall I? So Muir Dai. Um, he's a gnome rogue and he's dual faction, which is fun. So he's Dominion and Commonwealth. So as we mentioned earlier, he can join the fairy rogue build. Um, he's melee four, so fairly standard. Range one, arcane zero, because he doesn't have any arcane abilities. And evade zero. He's also good in the rogue list, as we mentioned. I'll get this now, because he hasn't got weaklings, so he can pick up those moonstones for the fairies. Got a dagger, plus one piercing, uh, flea-infested pelt. Um, minus one magical and slicing damage, so um, it's pretty useful. And honor amongst thieves, friendly rogues and six inches get plus one arcane, which we mentioned before. So you can be particularly useful with like Belladonna and Foxglove yeah. for just um, and Loki because Loki's a rogue. And as Loki, well. yeah, yeah. Then he's got two. So got sneaking and squeaking. Sneaking, this character gets minus two evade, so basically just makes him a bit tougher to hit. So he's gone and picked up a few moonstones. You give him minus two evade, and suddenly actually he's really hard to hit with those arcane abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, squeaking costs, so sneaking, so it costs one. Squeaking is a six inch range, costs one. Move target enemy one inch. Reaction steps cannot be declared in response. It's quite fun. I've used that before. That is... And my funnest way of moving it is just moving for someone off a moonstone. <laughs> <It's> going, <laughs> yeah. That is a deceptively useful ability. What, is, yeah. Where I've found it's the, it's they can't make reaction steps, right? Yeah. His next ability, which you're about to read out, robbery. Yeah. Read that out, and then I'll say what about. Yeah, so target squeaking. target model with less wounds remaining than this character loses possession of one moonstone, and this character gains possession of that. So it's a two inch, a cost two and one inch range. Now, where this is really good is comboing squeaking and robbery. Yeah. Because often, if you move it up to someone, they're going to go, "Oh, you've got, you're going to." rob me yeah and they'll reaction step away and he's only got a one inch range right and then you step in again and then they step away and sometimes you can't get to them so what you do instead of stepping after them you just squeak them towards you yeah because they can't do a reaction step and then they and then you get your next action which is robbery so it you have to be really careful actually because he can actually catch up with people and rob them (laughs) quite effectively yeah and then the last bit to use sewer rat which I really like because I have come up with. <laughs> yeah. um, cost one once per game, and you can only play it if he's in a building. This character is removed from play, and at the start of the next replenish step, you can return this character to play inside any building. So it's quite fun for either getting behind the enemy if you want to, or mm. just escaping. Yeah, um, it's, if he's, it's good once he's got a moonstone. If he's got one or two moonstones, you just leg it into a building, which is already hard for them to it, get to you anyway. Once he's got spend it. a couple of moonstones, he you can get him to safety very easily. Yeah, um, I've used I've used him, I've used that in both those situations. One where he's managed to get two moonstones, then retreated into a building and just 
disappeared on the other side of the board. And one where I've deployed him in a building because mm. of my deployment zone, and then just immediately at the beginning of turn two, just appeared behind the enemy, mm. and he's gone. Oh god, you're now standing next to like my healer mm. <laughs> or something. Yeah, um, and then it, one game where he appeared behind the enemy and just immediately jogged up and stood next to the fire spitter. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, Nasty. now I can't fire. <laughs> yeah, it's almost it's not quite as good as Grub's ability, but it's, no, it's, but he's got uh, a lot of other stuff, isn't he? Yeah. So. Um, it's very again, useful. it's one of those bit situational. If you haven't got any buildings on the board, it's a bit useless. Mm. But, um, but he's got plenty of other stuff going for him. He's got eight. So another thing about him, which is good in the rogue build, he's got eight wounds, mm. which is two more than the other, all yeah. the other rogues. So all the, all and, the other fairy rogues. And it's low he, down, like a normal. And like gnome. a normal gnome, he can afford to suffer three wounds and three or four wounds and still not be losing any energy. Mm. So his signature move is on sweeping cut called hamstring. Um, does a. A little bit of damage. He doesn't get the bit, bonus for his yeah, dagger. A bit more than a normal sweeping cut. Yeah, Not yeah. It does the two on falling swing and rise attack as normal, but then does one on high thrust and sweeping cut. So he, does, he can do a little bit of each, but it's actually about the end step effect really, which is the enemy suffers one or more wounds. They gain slow and chaotic step or reaction step until the end of turn. So you just freeze someone. Yeah, basically. It's lo- I mean losing the reaction steps is the most savage part of it. Yeah. Um. Good against fairies, though. Because they just suffer that wound and suddenly they can't move. Yeah. Fairies being able to not be able to move yeah. or do more. The action depth is pretty horrible, really. Um, he's an interesting one, Muradai. I think when you when I first saw him, and, and we talked about it before, that he seemed to be a bit underpowered mm. and didn't seem to have a place. But um, but reading his guard now, you think, oh, God, he's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing, yeah. He, um, to be honest, though, he's got some amazing abilities, really amazing abilities, but... Sometimes it is a bit hard to use him. Yeah. I don't quite he's know really, why. I think he's also like, he's he's one of those characters that if you've got a, if you're in a really close game, mm. we've both can, got like three moonstones, he can really just tip it in your favour yeah, at the definitely. end. Yeah, definitely. Turn four, you're just, you, 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 you just, you're just doing your best to avoid him because mm. he's just horrible to play against mm-hmm. at the end of a game. Especially if he's been like just creeping around the edges and hasn't suffered any wounds. He's got yeah. eight. Most of your troops probably suffered something. Yeah. Oh yeah, now, mean, you, now, now I've nicked your moonstone. If you're a fairy or a goblin, most of them start with less than him. So as long yeah. as he's on full health, he can rob a moonstone off. I think quite a lot of humans start with less than him. Yeah, Grantia starts with less than him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And it, and if you're playing against a troop where uh, you're just losing, but at the end, and, he hasn't done, and sometimes you love games where he doesn't do anything. But I think you have that with a lot of characters. You know, um, you, you'll play games where they don't seem to have done what you want them to do. And in other games, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but, some, sometimes but, I've just run up and stabbed people because he's melee four with plus one damage on yeah, uh, piercing. So yeah. sometimes, you know... And also, if nothing else, that, that plus one arcane... Mm. Even, 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 it, it even just means that, like, um, Fencer can get Enfeeble off easier. Yeah. You know, and I, when I, when I in the tournament at Goblin Fest, I used Enfeeble on Fritz. I didn't obviously didn't have Muradai, but getting off quite easily, and he was minus four damage because he called a bluff. <laughs> yeah. Fritz was now minus one damage. Yeah, um, it is good, and so. he's another good one in that fairy list, and that you can activate early if you want, you know, yeah. reasonable safety. Or he can activate late if you want to as well. He he he, he can do something really both way rounds. Mm. Um, so the last one is Lo- I'll let you do Loki. Loki, the Nordic shipwright. So he's got melee four, uh, range one inch. So all very standard for a gnome. 
uh, Arcane 3 Evade 0, again, super standard gnome kind of stat line. Uh, he's got some interesting abilities, so his hammer, if this character deals piercing or slicing, reduce it to nil, if he deals impact, increase it by plus one. Um, so, he's not a bad damage dealer, with again, plus one damage and melee four. Um, Favour of the old gods, so his form of armour, when this character suffers damage for the first time each turn, flip the top card of the arcane deck and reduce the damage suffered by minus x, where x is the value on the flipped card. So, randomly... He, he reduces armor. Yeah, and that's a really deceptively good one. ability as well. Because every time you think, oh, I'm going to target someone with like fizzle pop or something, yeah, you think, oh, he does God, like damage what's or the whatever. point of targeting him? Because he's just going to lose that, and it and just, it makes you not target him. Yeah, and then you can think, well, who else can target? Well, if I target Joanna, she's already minus. Talk about Mama Gimbal, she's already minus. Target Muradai, when he's minus one magical as well. Yeah. So then it's like, oh God, there's no less target now. Yeah. <laughs> you suddenly run out of targets. Gnomes are great. I mean, gnomes are the antidote to that fairy list. Gnomes are the yeah. antidote to fairies, generally. Fairies are brilliant. You know, every every troop build has got uh, its combo. It's, um, yeah. you know, antithesis. Counter. Counter. Yeah. Right, this is where he gets interesting. Trickster. So, we've mentioned Trickster a few times. It's a yeah. really fun ability. Um, when this model successfully bluffs, after resolving the effect, you may reveal the bluff and gain three energy. So, he's got two arcane abilities and he can effectively if he bluffs on either of them he gets to do them again um so i think he did them three times he can, yeah he can do them three times so if you're honest you get to do it once if you lie you get to do it three <laughs> <Many> times, times. <laughs> um and the, the reason why his trickster is is even better than the, it is on the fairies is because if you pair him up with Gradoc, yeah then, <laughs> oh god then you can oh god yeah then you can do your um you can say that you've got a three when all you can say got, a green three when all you've got two. is a one or a two or, or whatever if your opponent calls a bluff you still get the ability off you still get one. the ability off and you get plus three energy yeah because you've bluffed so you it's said yes said yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah 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 so it can, yeah, it yeah. can be so if, horrible. Basically, if you've got a green with yeah. him, you may as well always just call a green two and, or three. And if you, um, uh, if you, if your opponent is now well, I have to call a bluff, whatever you say, then you're going to get extra casts of the ability yeah, when you're telling the truth. the truth. Yeah. So, so although when you look at his card, he's got three energy and both of his spells cost two, you can probably assume he's going to get at least two spells off a turn, if not three yeah, spells yeah. off a turn. I would have thought. So his spells are Verdant Growth, which is where you create wooded patches. It's the same as Herbert Growbottom that we yeah. mentioned, even though he's not in these boxes. Yeah. But sticking wooded patches around is most useful for fairies, to be honest, because they can, they can move through them and they can hide in them and use them defensively. Yeah. He tends to use them chucking them further upfield. So whereas the fairies would put them in kind of their own half to hide in, he's more likely to try and put them up in front of people to be annoying and get in the yeah, way yeah. and make people yeah, have to yeah. move around them and give Joanna wooded patches that she can um, use for Forest Friends, Revenge of the Forest Friends. Jack used that really well in a game against me where I had that and, my, and he could see that I was planning to go and basically pick up this moonstone with Daniel, brother Daniel. Um, and he just stuck a forest patch in the middle of, in between me and, mm. and the moon, and I couldn't get to it. Yeah. I actually could because I couldn't, 
I, I, and it meant I, I suddenly was just going to have a whole part of my game. If you if you're clever, and you know, I'm not I'm not as clever as some of the people I've played against, but some people are really smart and they see these opportunities. Mm. And it's sometimes sticking a wooded patch down can win you the game. Yeah, you just put it in a pl- really inconvenient place. Particularly if you, can stop getting, if you can stop someone getting a moonstone because of it, it's yeah. just brilliant. So. And then what I consider actually more his core ability is one with the wind. So uh, it's on a blue card, uh, move target X plus one inches, and it's got an eight inch range. So we can do a lot of moving around with that shenanigans with Trickster and Graddock. He can manipulate a lot of people. It's move target model, so it's friendly or enemy, and it's not directly away or directly towards. It's move however he wants. So you can do a lot of shuffling around of the board with him. Yeah. Which is where I think he's is his real strong point. Again, it's it's for smart players. Like yeah. you need to know what your opponent's going to want to do and what you're going to want to do. And just I just thought of a really good list for him, which I'll talk about in a second when you talk about him. <laughs> sure. Well, I'll just finish off on his signature move then, because that's yeah. the last bit. So he's he's another character. I hate to say it, a little bit like C6 Stew in that he's got some really good control abilities. But he can also smash face as well. Yeah. Because he's got melee four, um, does plus one damage to impact, and then his strong arm ability on a falling swing, his damage cannot be reduced. Um, so get through armor and stuff. Yeah. And um, the end step effect is move the enemy one model one inch. Again, you'll notice it's not move the enemy directly away. It's just move the enemy one inch. Yeah. So you can knock people sideways so that they stay in your melee yeah, range, yeah. for example. Um, or not move them at all, because if, yeah. if it doesn't stay directly away, then you don't have yeah, to do it. Like, you yeah. can move them half an inch away and then half an inch back towards you. you know? yeah. So you can kind of ignore it. So it's much more flexible than some of the other push effects that the gnomes... Gnomes generally have push effects. That's one of their things that they have. Yeah. Um, but he's got really useful move abilities that yeah. that aren't push away. Well, I just thought of, just came into my head, I just, I just said, I thought he'd, a list he'd work really well in is probably the sixth person would be the pacifist build we talked about earlier. Because mm. it's just more board control. So, yeah. But also, if you need someone to, he you can, can go actually, in and punch face. He can actually hit people as well. Um, he'd work quite well in that, actually. Um, but yeah. I, I, of the... Three characters, I think Loki is has the most potential for a sort of a tournament player's, you know... Yeah. A, a, a deceptively good character for his board control abilities. Yeah. Yeah, I think he can, he can really mess up your opponent if someone's trying to run away with a moonstone, sticks a forest in front of them mm-hmm. to stop them going, or just pulls them back a bit mm-hmm. with the wind, and then goes and smashes them in the head with a big yeah. hammer. Um, I think you... Brings a lot of flexibility if you uh, if you can see those options. And also, like if you bring if you pair if you do pair him with Joanna, he does he's a sort of obvious pairing with her because of verdant growth and Revenge of the Forest Friend. He can if he stays nearer, he can reduce her damage. Mm-hmm. And he's got with favor of the old gods is like less likely to suffer damage himself. Um, then he can draw them in mm. to either draw them into both their combat areas so they can both hit them, which is brutal for start. Or pull um, her to safety if she gets isolated. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so he's a good sidekick for Joanna. <laughs> yeah. 
Or Jack for the same reason. Not so much with Verdon Grove, but again, yeah. pulling him out if he's got... Or Billy. Because Billy, I find that's one of the things I've seen with Billy where people use him. They tend to just... He doesn't just run off in the distance because he's got yeah. his movement and then suddenly he's just a bit stuck. You can just pull him back for you. Um... The only thing we haven't talked about much, and maybe we can do it quite quickly, is the models. Yeah, we said we'll talk about them at the end, yeah. So the Diana model, obviously, if we go back to the fairies, the Diana model's been out for a while. Um, but it's awesome. I love her a lot. A lot, a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot of people's favourite. I've heard so well, many people I say think, it's Well, I think, and I've said this before in previous podcasts and battle reports, I think one of the reasons she's a lot of people's favourite is because, it's because we got to vote for her. Yeah. She's one of my favorites because I got to vote for her. So you, you, it immediately gives you a connection. She's the one I chose to to be produced, and she did get produced. But there's it's something about her pose that's really powerful. Yeah, her stance and the way the wings kind of flare out. Yeah, yeah. and um, the, the kind of the rib cage that she stood on that frames her. There's there's a real essence of like power. Yeah, about her without having to have anything particularly big. Yeah, because you know, she's still tiny. Yeah. Um, so it did come out really well. Yeah, Foxglove is one of my favourite models. He's so dynamic. He's, yeah, yeah. Looks... He's kind of leapfrogging. Yeah, um, and he's got a well. The thing with what like Foxglove because the the position that he's in with his feet kind of really high up like that. He's either jumping forwards and casting a or spell, being pushed or back, being blasted like, back yeah. by the power of his own yeah. spell. And you don't know which, but they look cool yeah. either way. And he's cool. Foxglove has got well. a really nice tree. You know, yeah, all, yeah, a lot of the fairies that, yeah. come with. Decorative bases. He's got one of the nicest ones, yeah. and he's as you, as you can imagine with the name Foxglove. He's got a really bizarre wizard's hat. Yeah. It's got all the in, the in the shape of a Foxglove. Foxglove yeah. flowers on it. So he's really nice. And then and Belladonna, who's just sneaking along Bella, a tree, basically. Belladonna, I didn't wasn't that um, excited about the art compared to some of the other fairies, but the way the sculptors come out, I like it so much more. Yeah. Mostly because the wings are different. In the art, they're sort of swept back, but the sculptor has done them really big and tall, yeah. and she's really delicate, kind of like an orchid. I, f- I feel like her model, when you kind of rotate it around, you are, it's like looking at an orchid. It's really yeah, yeah. pretty. But she has this absolutely oh, brutal... Oh, she's now, yeah, dripping acid drop, on Dropping acid, so you, dropping this, when, this drop of nitrogen Yeah, when you look up there. close, it's horrible, but when and you look also, at a distance... Not only is she dripping beautiful. acid, she's like smiling yeah. inanely about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, no, she's a, so yeah. they came out. Yeah, the models look fantastic. I can't wait to paint them. Well, I was painted Diane already, but can't wait to paint the other two. Um, and then Joanna's her model's been out a bit longer. Um, it's a good, it's a great model. I mean, it's been in the um, it's been in the display cabinet at um, conventions, even though she's not been on sale because I really wanted to paint it. Yeah, um, and. Um, people always come up and like, oh, I love that one. I want to get that one. Where you know, how can I get that one? Because yeah, she, yeah. she does again a little bit like Diana. She's got. She looks like a badass. Yeah, yeah, she does absolutely. She's does. really poised. She's, and kind of, poised. Yeah, like, she's actually about to leap and stab yeah, you in the face. With she looks chain. like she can do spinning yeah, stuff yeah. and sw- like and swing I, I off a and tree the fact and kick that you she's in the got. Face. Um, I like the fact that she's got bare feet. All the gnomes have bare feet. It's like a gnome thing. Actually, he's got sandals, but a lot of the gnomes had. A lot of them have like, bare feet, but they all have sandals. But somehow, I think I feel like with her, it's almost accented somehow. Mm. Um. And the other thing to point out is, um, some people didn't realise that she's a gnome because she's more humany or elfy. Um, but we have the same thing with young Jack, and 
the basically the thing is with gnomes in Moonstone is their noses and their ears keep growing as they age. They don't right. ever stop. So the young gnomes do look more humany. They're more elf-like, more dainty. And then as they get older, they get bigger and bigger right. heads and bigger and bigger Which noses. Which is why, like, Bama Gibble's got big nose and big ears. Yeah. And Braddock has, but the so, other ones are smaller. So that's, that's the oh, reason that. behind that. I didn't that. know that. Yeah. That's quite cool. Um, I really like how how Muradai's model came out. That is how, how it finished. How absolutely it finished, it finished stunning. The way the rat's head and the and the face of the guy underneath the rat's yeah. head. Is he just looks so perfect. sneaky. Yeah, exactly what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, it's really like not evil. But quite nasty, yeah, and just really like like he's just kind of disappeared. He got no clue where he's just disappeared to. Yeah, um, that came out incredibly well. That's yeah. good. And Loki just looks insane. Loki, yeah, <laughs> Loki's cute. He's cute, but he looks mad, doesn't he? <laughs> he got, looks like he's a bit mad. He is a bit mad. That's kind of the idea. It's, yeah. it's kind of like Floki from the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of the inspiration. But he's got like very Celtic vibes. He's got like semi-Roman armor, semi-Viking armor, semi-Celtic. You know, yeah. uh, got, he's got a kilt and a massive hammer. Yeah, and like a really I quite like crazy the, I quite like the almost like juxtaposition slightly of just like mad little gnome. Holding this massive hammer, yeah. that works really well. Oh, they're good. I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with all of the sculpts, and um, we published the Leshevolt sculpts this morning as well because they're yeah. all finished now. And I, I absolutely love seeing all the new sculpts. Yeah, I, I'm always surprised by how well our sculptors turn out. Yeah, turn them out. Well, I think to be fair to him. Is it Shane does the artwork? Shane, yeah. He does produce artwork that really works. He does. Um, he's he's a, he's a real hero. Yeah. Um, and he thinks really well about what the sculptors need as well. You know, he doesn't... There's there's He's a real expert at creating art that sculptors can follow. Doesn't put loads of tiny little things in that you no. couldn't possibly sculpt kind of thing. And he's very good at... Um, not putting too much perspective in the drawing because that would confuse a sculptor, for example, and lots of little things like that yeah. that that you get through doing, you know, what he does professionally for years. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's he is excellent, and I like working with him a lot. He's cool. got a lot of passion for it. That's good because he does all the artwork for you, doesn't he? Pretty much. He does all the character art. Right. Some of the other art, uh, like cover art and card art and stuff, is done by other people. But I, I really like his style for the characters. So uh, he's yeah. he's done all of those. I used to do them back in the day, a long time ago. But he's he's obviously a lot better. Cool. So is there anything you want to add at the end? Yeah, go and buy the new box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, go and order them, or, or if you're hearing this later on, go and buy them. Um, yeah, they're available. But they do, but they do really because if we're talking about the current raid before these have been released, which is the the two known the two starting known boxes and the two starting fairy boxes. If we think about them like like that, they do add something really new to to those troops that are available. I I think especially the fairies will notice. Uh, they can suddenly kill stuff a lot easier. Than they yes. Can yeah. Yeah. That's what they will notice. Definitely. Yeah. The the six gnomes already worked quite well as a unit, so these bring you a load of new options. But it's not going to affect your play style. I wouldn't have thought, unless you use one of the new builds. You know, like yeah. the Joanna Bonnie build or the Forest Friends build yeah. or something like that. But. If you just put one of those gnomes into an existing gnome list, it will still play like a gnome list. Yeah, like if you took out Billy and put Joanna in, for yeah. example, you've still got essentially a melee character who can 
survive a bit. And if you, um, I think Loki provides something a bit different for for the current gnome list. They're they, a bit of board control. Yeah, they get a lot of they the do, current yeah. gnomes. That's true. Because um, yeah. he hasn't got a long range damage. No, damage he attack, doesn't. Like he has, the other he has board control and so a bit. He, he is a bit different. Um, I think that'd be really interesting. And obviously, there's a lot more coming out. Uh, hopefully soon. In the, well, the next 12 months, which are going to make choosing troops really, really hard. But yeah, also we've, really exciting. we've got a hell of a lot coming yeah. on the pipeline at the moment. Um, we're going to talk about that now, because um, that's kind of getting on. And I want to go get another pint for the pipeline. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Um, like I said, go and buy the models, because they're awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be interesting to hear how people get on with these new ones, because the old stuff's been out for a long time. People have been using it a lot. It'll be interesting to see what people think of these new ones. Um, cool. As I, as always, not a clue what the next one's going to be about. I just make it up as I go along. <laughs> but it's been fun to sit in a car with you, Tom, for it's an hour. It's very steamy now. It's very steamy in here, which is probably, it's very weird to be on the outside. There's things properly dodgy stuff going on in here, but it's, it's... It's a little bit Titanic. It's a little bit weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just doing yeah, a little, little uh, fingerprints down the, down the glass. I think we'd better go get a pint now before something weird happens. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for, for listening, and I hope you enjoyed that, and we'll...